If you're looking for the best hockey history, stories, and interviews, well, you've come to the right place. It's time for For the Record with Liam McGuire. The Montreal Forum was open for hockey 71 years, 3 months, and 17 days. The fans who attended the games witnessed some of the greatest moments in the history of the sport. However, there is nothing like the connections between the team, the building, the morenz Jeffrey families, and the date, March 11th. This eerie connection weaves through 75 years, starting with the funeral for superstar Howie Morenz. Morenz's service was held on the Forum Ice March 11, 1937. His daughter Marlene kept hockey in the family by later marrying Bernard Boom Boom Geoffrion, who on their first date, a boxing match at the Forum in 1952, stated, Someday my sweater will hang up there beside your dad's. As we all know, the Boomer fashioned his own Hall of Fame career. His son Dan played briefly for the Habs with his famous father coaching him, but it was the closing of the Forum that next rekindled memories of Howie Morenz. The date selected to close the famous building was March 11, 1996, 59 years to the day after Howie Morenz's funeral. It was an electric night with a torch-passing ceremony and an ovation for Rocket Richard that will forever stand the test of time. In 2003, the Canadians contacted Boom Boom Geoffrion and said they would like to retire his number five. As details were being ironed out, it became apparent there was going to be a lockout, so it was put on hold. Upon the resumption of play in 2005, a date was selected that fit perfectly for the Boomer. March 11, 2006, versus the New York Rangers, a team he also previously played for. What transpired next enters into surreal territory. Boom Boom Jeffreyon was diagnosed with cancer in 2005, and as the date of the retirement ceremony approached, it became apparent he'd be in tough to make it. With no definitive decision made as of March 10th, the clock rolled past midnight. And on March 11th, 2006, in Atlanta, Georgia, where he lived, Boom Boom Jeffreyon passed away 69 years after his father-in-law's funeral to the day. As word spread, the Canadians were contacted and a decision was made by Marlene and her children Let's go to Montreal anyway and do the ceremony. A plane was arranged. The family traveled to Montreal and the greatest retirement ceremony in sports history took place. The emotion in the building was palpable. Marlene's father's number seven was lowered from high atop the bell center halfway down. Then her husband's number five was slowly raised till it was beside Howie Morenz's number seven. Both numbers were raised to the rafters of the Bell Center amid pure, unabashed emotion that cascaded over the entire building like a wave. Her father's funeral, the closing of the building they both starred in, now her own husband's ceremony, held on the day he passed away, all on March 11th. Hollywood can't write scripts like this. In 2012, Montreal signed Blake Jeffreyon, the grandson of the Boomer, and the great-grandson of Howie Morenz. To honor both of his famous forebearers, he wore number 57. He was several games into his stint with Montreal when the Habs embarked on a Western road trip. The first two games, he scored no goals. Then the Habs played Vancouver. The date? No, not March 11th, but March 10th, 2012. Almost 75 years to the day of his great-grandfather's funeral, 
through the closing of the Montreal Forum, through his grandfather's death and the sweater ceremony, Blake Jeffrio scored his first goal as a Montreal Canadian. And the final chapter as it stands today, closed. We'll be back right after this to talk to Dan Jeffrio about his incredible family and the unreal associations to March 11th. Well, ladies and gentlemen, very pleased right now to be joined by Dan Jeffrion. Dan, first of all, how are you, my friend? Everything is just great. No problems here. Everything is back to normal. Had quadruple bypass surgery last December. Back leading the top scores uh, in the beer league. <laughs> I know you've got uh, a big trip to Vegas coming up, and uh, we have some local friends here back home that are attending. They're really looking forward to it, and, and uh, God willing, one day our paths will cross because... Uh, this is a real honor for me to have you on today regarding the story that we're talking about today, the 75-year configuration of the Morens and Jeffrey families from Howie's funeral, your grandfather's on March 11th, 1937, right through to your son scoring his first goal as a Montreal Canadian on March 10th, 2012, and all things in between, primarily your father's retirement sweater ceremony in 2006. Dan, first question. Do you recall what age you were when you first remembered hearing anything about Howie Morenz and what he was from an impact point of view to the National Hockey League? Well, if my memory serves me well, I, I didn't realize really anything about Howie Morenz until, uh, you know, basically dad made a comeback with the New York Rangers back in 1968. Right. So I was like 10, 11 years old, and, you know, I was able to talk to mom, um, you know, about Howie Morenz and all that. But, you know, I mean, it was a long time ago, and yeah. I mean, he died. Howie Morenz died at a very young age. I think mom was like eight or nine years old. Right. So as far as even her, she didn't have that many stories on, on her dad. She got most of her stories about her dad from her aunts and uncles and her brother, Howie Jr., Right. So there you have it. Howie's uh, dies March 8th. His funeral is March 11th. The Forum, one of the most famous sports buildings in the history of the world where you played as well, closed their doors on Monday night, March 11th, 1996, 59 years after your grandfather's funeral. Your father, the, the late Boom Boom, Bernard Boom Boom Jeffrion, was contacted to have his sweater retired. The configuration of how that all evolves. He ended up, I believe it was him that picked the date when the schedule came out, that it would be March 11, 2006, against the Rangers, correct? Uh, yes, I, I believe so. Like, uh, I think it was because the, uh, you know, he had made a comeback with the Rangers. And right. so that night, the Rangers were going to be playing against Montreal. And so... I guess you can say, you know, you were, you were killing two birds with one stone. Of course. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but that was pretty cool. All the guys came out with the, the Rangers and the Montreal Canadiens uh, named Jeffrey on, on their sweaters on the back. So that was, that was pretty cool. It was well done. And this is where it goes to the surreal, of course, uh, Dan, with the fact that he, he, was, he was ill, um, fighting cancer, I believe, and inexplicably unbelievably and in what can only be described as the most surreal configuration of historical dates colliding he passes away that morning or that i believe it was early that morning 
Could you take us through what went down on March 11, 2006, and then finishing up with what I call the greatest sweater retirement ceremony? Nothing will ever beat it in the history of the world that night in Montreal. It was pretty crazy. So, you know, yeah, died at dad uh, died of stomach cancer and um and so you know he really wanted to be there for you know the uh, the retirement of his jersey and you know we knew that the clock was ticking and a good friend of his um i believe his first name is tom his last name is langone who owns who was an owner of home depot was sending his private jet to pick up dad and fly him up to montreal and what they do, I guess they do this for weddings also, you know, if you know you're going to not make it, they put you like on a veggie line is what they call it, which kind of resurrects you temporarily. But the problem with it is that it really feeds the cancer. So right. you're just taking more days away. And so that was going to be the game plan, you know. So my brother and I and our wives and kids and all that, we all flew up there. And a couple of days before, and it was when we landed and we were in the cab on our way to the to the hotel that we got the phone call from uh, my sister Linda, who had stayed behind with mom. And uh, they were going to get in the plane with my dad, but obviously that didn't happen. They announced to us that he had passed like at, you know, like four o'clock in the morning. Right. And so, I mean, my brother and I, we were like devastated. We couldn't like believe it. So, you know, we were getting ready to tell the taxi driver turn the boat around you know we're going to go back to the airport and fly home and be with family and uh, so that's when mom got on the phone and she said no you guys are staying up there that's how your dad would have wanted it so you wow do the ceremony on in his honor and uh so you can see it was like devastating like we were like oh my gosh and uh so what ended up happening, which was unreal, and I, I always tell everybody when I have the opportunity, Montreal Canadiens, Jeff Molson, just a first-class operation. They, you know, they they they, um, they had enough time to fly my sister and uh, and mom up there. You know, uh, they had enough time so that they could make it that day for the for the ceremony. So even that was like emotional, as it was almost like when dad passed, like he scripted this whole thing. No you know, kidding. He died yeah. early enough so that they could be, you know, so that they could participate in, in that ceremony. And that's what we called it. We didn't want to call it like, you know, a funeral, if you will, but we were calling it a celebration of, uh, of dad with his Jersey retirement. So pretty wild and crazy. We all ended up in the, uh, you know, at the hotel together, kind of numb. And then we went down to the La Mise aux Jeux, I think is what it's called, the yep. bar restaurant there yep. at the Bell Center. And all of his former teammates are up there and all that because they were all going to be on the ice as they were. So the stories were flying right and left, and the, the beers were tasting pretty good, but we <laughs> couldn't have too many more because my brother and I had to say the speech in front of 25,000 people, and I said it in English, and uh, and Bob, of course, said it in French, so just that was um, a lot of emotions were, were, were going through everybody, you know, but uh, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. The whole celebration there and the tournament of his Jersey. Can you describe just the one more question about that night, just what it was like when the number seven banner comes down halfway five goes yeah. up to meet it. I mean, the hair in the back of my neck is going up, even thinking about it. I watched it that yeah. night. Of course it's, 
there's and then they go up together. I mean, come on, that, it's, that's just un- yeah. and he passed away at four that morning. This is unbelievable. Yeah, and then the thing, the whole thing with that is that when like my brother and I, we didn't want to give a big long boring speech, so we kind of like gave a story about that and his character and all that. And what a lot of people don't know is is that when Dad went on his first date with Mom, he took her to a boxing match at the Montreal Forum, and during that time, he basically had that premonition, you know, looking at her and pointing up at Howie Marin's, you know, number seven, uh, saying one day with his, you know, French accent, you know, like one day my jersey hangs next to your dad. <laughs> so there we were, you know, oh. that's the story that I tell. And then that's when the emotions were like unbelievable because like you said, they brought down number seven, number five, came up to meet it and then, they went up together. I know. So it's just unreal. It was crazy. And the, and the postscript of, of, of all this, Dan, six years later, your son, who's been in the NHL with Nashville and, and trying to make a goal of it, is signed by the Montreal Canadiens. He takes number 57, and he doesn't score his first few games. He's in Vancouver. It's not, not March 11th, but it's March 10th, and he scores his first goal as a Montreal Canadian wearing 57 on March 10th, almost 75 years to the day from his great-grandfather's funeral, the closing of the building, your father's passing and the ceremony, and then he scores. How can you possibly explain that? Yeah. You know, I I got one even better that I don't think I told you since the last time that we spoke, and it was – so when my wife Kelly and I went up there to watch his first game at the Bell Center, that you know we knew that he was going to be playing, and so we're up in the we're literally, if you can all picture this, we're up in the stands, and uh, Blake was on the ice for the national anthem, wearing of course number fifty-seven, but from the angle that where we were at, because the seats were kind of high, it looked like five. One of those, maybe. <laughs> no, but but what happened is that. You can see number five and seven in the rafters with him right below it. It no. was like another like, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was it was pretty crazy. The only thing that I can only imagine Liam being, you know, like the, the only other thing that I can imagine being like so unbelievable is just think when Montreal Canadiens call me to bring my number twenty jersey. <laughs> And number five and seven come down, and my 20 goes up. Oh, my God. Absolutely, Dad. Absolutely. And you know what? I'll be there for that. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like in your dream. I'll have to make sure I get – hey, I'll have to make sure I get the hot dog relish and mustard stick hey, on my jersey. Listen, you know what, my friend? You, you were there, and uh, you had some outstanding, obviously some fantastic seasons in junior and some great seasons in Winnipeg. You played for your dad, in fact, in Montreal. So the configuration of the story does include you. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Obviously, you're sandwiched right in the middle as a son and a father and all of this and a grandson. But to me, Dan, as a hockey historian, there is no story that is comparable to the Morens Jeffreyol 75-year history and configuration in and around those dates and all of that entails. And if you extrapolate from there, 
bring it, you into the equation, bring, you know, you want to get into the Heartland Monaghan uh, situation. You want to bring in, you know, the, uh, then you get into Howie as a hall of famer, your dad as a hall of famer. It gets into, you can just extrapolate and continue this thing. And it becomes almost a, a book, a chapter in a book, really, you know, it really does the whole story. So it, yeah, it, to me, it's unbelievable. It's amazing. It really is. Yeah. I think, I think uh, again, when we last spoke is, one of the things that hit me, like, you know, sometimes you don't realize, you know, like we didn't know that our dad was boom, boom, Jeffrey. We right. knew him as dad, you know, and, uh, and, uh, you know, it was always a lot of fun to be around and, you know, except for when you, whenever you had a bad game, you can tell that his <laughs> nostrils were flared. So we would just go to our room. But what ended up happening was uh, when this whole celebration was done, I have four boys. And so we were all walking out and the last one is Bryce. He's my youngest one, and he looks at me, and he goes, Dad, I had no idea. And I go, what are you talking about? No idea about what? He goes, I had no idea that Pappy, that's what they call him, that Pappy was like a superstar like this. Oh, my you know? God. So it's just little things like that. Like I'm going, you know, oh, my gosh, and I should have had you guys up there a little sooner, you know. Well, But even to the point where – when we were there, we were out having dinner or <clears throat> for the few days that we were there. And when the, it was time for the check to come, we were notified that if somebody had already picked it up and had already left, just things like that. Things that, like you know, that. You, yeah. You sit around and, and, you know, we were just a little upset that, you know, that they didn't tell us because then instead of getting the um, hamburgers, we would have gotten the, <laughs> the lobster and filet <laughs> mignon, you know? <laughs> Dan, my friend, listen, I have kept you long enough, buddy. Uh, cannot thank you enough for uh, joining us here on the no podcast problem. and regaling us with uh, some of the historical facts and, and details of exactly what transpired specifically on March 11, 2006. But as it pertains to really your entire family, grandfather right through your son and, and, and including you as well. So uh, thank you very, very much, my friend. Thank you and uh, really appreciate it. Okay, no problem. A story that will truly stand the test of time. To make sure you never miss a story or an episode, be sure to subscribe to For the Record on iTunes and Google Play. Next week, Liam chats with three-time All-Star and Stanley Cup champion Steve Duchesne about his connection to Wayne Gretzky in point number 1851. That's next time on For the Record with Liam McGuire.